Hey everybody, welcome back to, to another episode of the Quovatis Podcast, the Catholic Podcast that helps to begin with the end in mind. My name is Taylor Geiger and I am joined once again by Father Mark Malezova. Father Mark? Here we are. Here we are. Again. I, again. And after a while too. I, I have to issue kind of a... Uh, uh, tail between the legs apology to people. This seems to be a reoccurring I, I thing know, for you. I know. I'm so, so we're just gonna start I'm with, "Hey so, everybody, I'm, I'm Taylor so, Geiger, and I'm sorry." I'm so Maybe just say I'm sorry before you say your name. Hey everyone, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> Welcome to the Quote Podcast. Let's just apologize right from the get go. Sorry for what this yeah, is about we, to be. We, we had a little bit of a hiatus there back in the uh, the Advent season, and then uh, we got back and. Uh, well, me, <laughs> one, one during the and, Christmas season, <laughs> and, then we, and then me and the family, uh, we got we got the Rona, and then you were gone for a couple of weeks. Oh, it's my fault. One on vacation, <laughs> one on a silent retreat. So uh, it was just it was just poor poor planning on my part. The buck stops with me, you know. I mean, you were gone, but the buck doesn't stop with me. <laughs> so my, my guns are planned. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we're back. It's good to we're be back. back. Uh, and we will be more regularly recording. I promise you all. I, I, feel, like I feel like we've heard I, this before. Yeah, okay. You know what? You don't have to throw me under the bus. <laughs> you anyone. already did. <laughs> you did it yourself. <laughs> you, you've done that yourself. <laughs> it's from, but we're back. That's from Star Wars, in case anyone wants to know. We are back. We are back. It's good to be back. So how are you doing? I was thinking of the Mighty oh. Ducks. The Mighty Ducks? Yeah. Oh. Who's the bad guy? You're like, you've lost it for me. You lost it for yourself. <laughs> no, okay. no. Yeah. Right. I'm more of a Star Wars guy than Mighty D2, Ducks. D two, Mighty Ducks, yeah, Iceland. I don't, I don't bad remember. guys. <laughs> I forget the guy's name now. Anyway, I want to say Hans, but it's not right. Anyway, oh, okay. somebody will fact check me on that. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they will. So someone, Gunner, someone... that's what it is. Gunner <laughs> comes. It came to you like a revelation from the Lord. It's Gunner, gonna... you lost it for me. <laughs> you lost it for yourself. It's very well, '90s it's... growing up. D two, Mighty Ducks. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Um. The weather has been quite cold around mm-hmm. around us. Yesterday was 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 very nice. Now it's cold again, mm-hmm. uh, which is typical for I guess more the springtime than the middle of the beginning of February. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually had a thought for you, Father Mark. So mm-hmm. the other day, uh, someone was nice enough to put a tiny little piece of chocolate in my mailbox at work, and I mm-hmm. grabbed it out of my mailbox. And I was holding it in my hand. I was talking to Jenny, our administrative assistant, for I don't know ten minutes in the morning, whatever it was. And by the time I got back to my office, that piece of chocolate had pretty much melted in my hand. Like, it was just, like, mushy and gross. And I thought to myself, I wonder if chocolate ever melts in Father Mark's hands. Because Father Mark's hands are the coldest hands that have ever existed in the history of humanity. They're often purple. Which, I mean, can't be healthy. <laughs> and, and, and they're just always cold. It's just, it's fascinating to me. So I just was wondering if you've ever had that problem. If you ever had the problem of uh, chocolate melting in your hands. Um, <laughs> no. You can't count ice cream because it's already basically melted. No, but it's not point. because um, that's never happened to me. Not because my hands are cold, but because, like, why, why would I hang on to chocolate for that long and, and well, not it? Eat wasn't it. intentional. It was just sitting, I was going to put it in my desk. So I just was holding on to it. I'm not going to eat a thing of chocolate at 8 o'clock in the morning. Why not? I don't know. Because <laughs> we've I all been there. Because I don't want to. You know what's funny about that is like, is like, uh, is like the whole donut thing in the morning, right? right. We, we have a guest with us. I want your thoughts on all these things. We, we have a guest with us today. It's Father Adam Bradley. He is the director of the Cairo Seer. He's back. And he's back again with us. This makes you actually the most reoccurring guest right now on the show. How's well, that tied, feel? right? No, Father Gerardi. This is his third time on the show. Really? This is his third time. Wow! Third time, yeah. Wow! Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, and we've had Gerardi wow. on twice. 
Cool. Your wow. biggest competition is Father John Girardi. How do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a loser. <laughs> that uh, that ship's new. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Usually with the Father John Girardi involved, it's like the uh, the opponent has already lost. <laughs> kinda, he usually just kind of outwits people. It's, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like God and the devil. The battle's already won. Yeah. <laughs> like, not wow. to make a direct comparison. So, yeah. Does that make you the devil yeah, in this situation? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, uh, so the whole phenomenon of, of, of donuts in the morning, you know, like we don't, phenomenon. because uh, here's, like here's, like, here's what I mean. Here's what I mean is that like, that really is a very much like a, a dessert food. Like when you think about what that is, that is a dessert. Like that is, 100%. that is cake, right? I mean, 100%. it's just cake with frosting. Yeah, with frosting. <laughs> and, but people are like, this is breakfast. But if I were to walk in the morning and I'm holding a slice of cake in my hand, people are like, why are you eating cake? It's eight o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? Like what, what happens? that mental disconnect there i don't understand it but you don't understand it at all father m because you're gluten-free so you so, so you, comes you from i want understand. your opinion on all these things like no nah, actually you don't got one share your opinion on carbs <laughs> wow uh, okay yeah. yeah well i'm a big fan i'm just saying of donuts yes yeah in the morning you're well also, actually we were talking with a big fan of ice cream you would have ice cream in the morning if it was more socially acceptable well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I don't really care what other people think of that, but I oftentimes have to have a reason but um, for the ice cream. But actually, it was funny enough. We were talking about uh, this the other day at the house, uh, like cupcakes. Um, oh. Like if you have a cupcake in the morning, I'm like, yeah, it's just like, that's just, it's like. It's a donut. It's a muffin. Yeah. Like, it's a muffin. If, <laughs> if you eat in the morning, it's, it's a muffin. If you eat it in the evening, it's a cupcake. Like, <laughs> what? There's there, really no difference. There has to be a difference between a muffin and a cupcake. Well, I, don't I think know muffins oftentimes aren't frosted, but you can still put frosting on a muffin. Is that, is that really all that distinguishes a muffin and a cupcake is, is a small layer of frosting on top? That can't Who be puts it. a there small layer of frosting? What's wrong? <laughs> I don't like frosting. Oh like gosh. like if, if 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 I'm eating cake or if I have a cupcake or whatever it is and there's a huge glob of frosting on there I'll just I'll, I'll I'll cut it right off I'll just wow. and no I'll, what I'll you do is you take the stump part off yeah. of the cupcake and put it on top of the frosting oh. make, and a, make little a little sandwich. sandwich okay that's what you do okay huh all right that's what you all do all right I'm there for that I might try that next time because there are there are instances when you feel a little uncomfortable you know just like lobbing off the the, the frosting like maybe if, you not, like if, we're, not us if, or, tr- or trying to like man i mean like if they put a big glob of frosting on they're like trying to manage that it's like you, you take it by it gets on your face it does and with gets us in with the beard, beards gets in yeah, the beard. it's just does no, get in the beard no joy there yeah <laughs> and then you have to like awkwardly wipe it yeah he's like, you're like sorry sorry uh. you don't tell i'm a full-grown man because i do have a beard but um i look like a child because <laughs> i have got my food on my face <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's hard to come back from that. It's kind of yeah, hard to come back a, from yeah. that. Yeah, especially well, when like people at the office are just like, "You have a little something on your." <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Gretchen. <laughs> good thing we don't work with any Gretchens. Yeah, that's that, why was, I said that. that was good. That was good. Yeah, yeah. just shows the name that there's no name. That. That's like isn't that the old advice of like a a young man going on a first date? Like you don't eat spaghetti. You know, be mm-hmm. like you, you don't get soup. You know, nope. something that like is easily spillable on your mm. on your person, or mm. is going to get stuck in your facial hair, or something like that. Or if you spit in spaghetti in your on your fork, and you get that one noodle that goes a little rogue and spins a little too fast, yep. and then the the Whoops, red right sauce around. right on your shirt, and then say the rest of the night, and then what was that sound effect? Whoosh. I think everybody can see that. Yeah, I think I hope they did. I was trying to paint a very beautiful visualized picture of spaghetti people, whipping around a people, fork. If people close their eyes yep. and think about that hard enough, 
It's, the, uh, you the just old, made everybody hungry. The old, well, the only caveat would be if you don't close your eyes if you're driving somewhere and listening to this podcast. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's, that sounds inherently dangerous. You know, just, you know, while you're looking Jesus forward at the take car. the wheel. <laughs> For an cruise control, right? You close your eyes, you're good. <laughs> you get a what do call it? A Tesla, right? Don't, don't they, they do, yeah. Drive themselves, yeah, they do do that. It's crazy. They can close your eyes, but James Sierra is coming out with one that does yeah, that too. Chevy is everyone. Everyone's, doing, everyone's it. doing it. Everyone's doing it now. I was in a car once that had it, and it really is freaky. Like when, yeah. like when, when the person turns on the autopilot and takes their hands off the wheel, and you come up to a curve, and you're like. All right, well, either this is going to work or I'm going to go meet my lord. This is going to end one of two ways, successfully or violently not successful. Apparently, my grandmother, God rest her soul, was, uh, was terrified of cruise control. She always thought that cruise control, like, would just, like, make the car go out of control or something. And so she never used it. Apparently, she was very much against it. So maybe this is, like, our version of cruise control. Like, one day, huh. my grandkids will be like, yeah, did you know Grandpa was afraid of autopilot back in the day? <laughs> there might be some he, truth to that. He, he used to panic whenever he turned it on. <laughs> so... That could be us. I think you're onto something. Thank you very much. This is this is. Yeah, prophetic. I'm not a fan of autopilot. Yeah. No. No. Wait. Nope. Maybe this is like a deeper psychological thing. Like, yeah, tell us about, more about that. About 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 controlling about that, which is actually not a very decent segue, but an, an okay segue into the day's topic. So, so today we're talking about prayer. So we had done an episode last Lent on prayer. Um, but I think it's uh, always worth revisiting as opposed to talking about the more generalized what is prayer and how does one pray. It's always good to maybe sometimes focus in on more specifics of a, of a certain type of prayer or a tradition of prayer, whatever it might be, so that we can you can take the idea of prayer and then start actually doing you know the prayer itself. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why we have Father Adam on the show today. So Father Adam is here to talk with us about um, there is a uh, an acronym. I guess I'm an acronym. What would you call it? Is that an acronym? Is that what it is? <laughs> I, I didn't major in English. I majored in theology, guys. All right. <laughs> There's an acronym. It's 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 A R R R, not A A R P. <laughs> which I always referred to as Father Adam as such. And then when I mentioned it had to do with prayer, he goes, oh, you mean the A-R-R-R? And I'm like, yeah, that one. So, <laughs> so it stands for Acknowledge, Relate, Receive, and Respond. And so, Father Adam, uh, would you mind giving the good people a good 30,000-foot view of what is this kind of prayer, like in a very generalized way? Yeah, so this um, this type of prayer is called relational prayer. So you are acknowledging, relating, receiving, and responding, which is what the acronym stands for, acknowledge, relate, receive, respond. We say pray like a pirate, R. Um, but <laughs> do, you know what a, do you know what a pirate's favorite letter is? Nope. Don't? Nope. Oh, it's the C. <laughs> <laughs> you were waiting for me to say R. Of course so I was. Of course I, I was. I wasn't going to fall into it. I, was, I, I, uh, I, refused. I refused. I almost said it. Yeah. I almost jumped in there. <laughs> oh, guns ablazing. Don't be an amateur, man. He's, no. trying, he's trying to bait you. <laughs> he's trying to get you. <laughs> So, All right, well, there we go. <laughs> so the 30,000-foot view is that, um, that so there is an infinite God who has called you into existence and um, desires to be in relationship with you. And so prayer essentially is started by God, but a lot of times when we go to pray, there's, there's a lot of things that we have going on in our minds, but we don't necessarily always know how to bring these things to the Lord. So... ARRR um, is is an acronym that was actually developed by the Institute for Priestly Formation, 
um, covering all my sources. Unless <laughs> <laughs> we get sued. We got some good <laughs> footnotes going on yeah. in this episode. Unless that uh, copyright <laughs> law. Yeah. It's like, I don't think they have it copyrighted. They, they're always like very... Do you like, copyright prayer? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> I own that. But anyway, it's, uh, it's in essence a way of people being able to pay attention to what's going on within themselves in order to pay attention to what the Lord is doing in them and to receive the things that the Lord desires to give them. So mm-hmm. it's in order, like if we look at our human relationships, in order for us to grow in a deeper relationship with others, we have to um, disclose part of ourself. We have to, do, we have to begin to reveal like deeper parts of ourself, you know, our, what we're thinking about, our feelings, our desires, what we want out of life. Um, and as our human relationships deepen, though that self-revelation to the other begins to occur on a deeper level. Essentially what ARRR is, is doing that with God. Hmm. So you said something that, so I, I'm learning, for everyone at home listening to this or in their car, hopefully with their eyes open, um, I'm learning alongside you guys what, what this method of prayer is. This is very interesting to me. So you said something that is striking, and I mean, like, I, it rang as true when he said it, but I never thought of it this way ever, was that God is the one who initiates prayer. Mm-hmm. I never thought of it that way. Like, I've genuinely never thought of it that way, because the thing you always hear is just go pray. Like, right. just pray. Make sure you're praying. But when you think of it as God is the one initiating the prayer itself... Like, say more about that. That's that's fascinating to me. That's yeah, so God, in calling you into creation, created you for a relationship, right. right? So that desire that we have to pray or that desire that we have for God, that's not a desire that originates in us. Right. That originates first in the heart of the Father that he shares with us and we experience it as a desire for him. And so by virtue of us coming to him to engage him in this relationship, because he created us, he's the one who created the relationship, which means that he's also the one who created the means by which we engage in the relationship, which is prayer. So prayer is always initiated by God. Um, And so when we go to pray, we're essentially like just fulfilling a desire of God um, that we are experiencing as a desire as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And it actually seems in my mind a little bit, I mean, maybe I just need to sit with it more, to almost alleviate a little bit of the burden of like the, I just need to wrestle myself into praying more, yeah. <clears throat> as opposed to like recognizing, like having a deep recognition within myself of like, the Lord is actually moving my heart to prayer right now in order to not just because like, oh, I got to check the box of prayer, but because he really wants to be in relationship with me. And like that, that almost seems to make prayer easier in my mind a little bit. In the same way, like if, like if, if, if you're in, I mean, if, if, I mean, I'm married, so if someone's married, right. If, if you just think, well, I just have to try to get my, my spouse to, to love me or whatever it is, as opposed to loving my spouse because they're also at the same time loving me that makes it easier to to kind of give yourself when you're Mm -hmm. when that person's loving you in return as opposed to just trying to chase someone who doesn't really love you you know essentially right if it's i mean the relational thing is the biggest thing i mean yeah it can become like things i have to i have to pray i have to take out the garbage i have to it's like those are tasks i mean what makes it different and that's what father adam you know mentioned from the get-go is that this is a relational thing so we're talking about people so Maybe it's something that you need to do or like to do that day, but obviously it's not just some like task that has to be accomplished, but rather it's it's time spent in relationship. I think that's the key part to all that. Yeah. 
which also means like if you have a very, very busy day and I wouldn't recommend this um, all the time, but if you have a very busy day and you're sitting there like, like, man, I, I, I have to go pray. I have to do it. It's like that desire in and of itself is actually an invitation from our Lord to in that moment, just pump the brakes and just relate what's going on to him. Mm. So it's one of those things that it's like a lot of times when we sit there and we're like, I got to go pray. I got to get to the chapel. I got to go do this. I have to, you know, they like there's a million things that we're all involved in. There's a million things going on in our lives. And we all have like, we like our culture is just very, very busy, mm. but that doesn't stop God from inviting us to pray when, you know, you're on the road running from one thing to the next. And you sit there, you're like, oh, when am I going to find time to pray? It's like, well, <laughs> that's an invitation to pray right now. Yeah, right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think we've, you know, made mention this before on the show, but I mean, even the, the thought, I mean, I remember students telling me, I just don't have time to pray or whatever it might be. And I just remember always just challenging them of like, well, go on your phone and show me uh, your, your screen time and show me how many hours a day you spend on your phone. Right. I mean, like some of it could be genuinely for work or school or whatever it is, but like, if you're honest with yourself, a decent amount really isn't. And so can you shave an hour of that off in order to spend 30 minutes of it with the Lord, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, but mm-hmm. that makes sense. But yeah, I think that that really helps to kind of set the stage for, for prayer in general is that, I mean, like, you know, I think St. John Damascene was one who said that, um, you know, prayer is the raising of one's heart and mind to God and which is, you know, objectively true. That's in the catechism. We, we can't refute that, but at the same time, it is the raising of one's heart and mind to God, but out of a response first initiated by God himself to raise your heart and mind to him. Mm-hmm. And that's just that. That makes, that makes prayer, I don't know, but I, the word keeps coming to mind is more palatable, but it's not like it's unpalatable to pray, but it certainly makes it just a little bit easier to do mm-hmm. that. So, fascinating. All right, mm-hmm. well, let, let's dive into the to the acronym then, which is what it is. So, you thought I wasn't, <laughs> that's just embarrassing. Um, so, so, let's start with acknowledge. So, that's the first one in this. So the A is acknowledge. So, yeah. so, from what I can gander from what you said, acknowledge is more of like recognizing God's presence in the moment. Is that kind of what it is or what else is going on there? So, what else is going on there is, yes. Yeah, so, what we do when we pray is like we first place ourselves in the presence of God. St. Ignatius always talks about um, like taking the span of an Our Father and just recognizing that there is a God who is loving you into existence and wants to be in relationship with you and just putting everything, all the other distractions just kind of like off to the side for a moment and just realizing like this is a time for you and God. Acknowledging is um, you acknowledge within your own heart, within yourself, um, your thoughts, your feelings and your desires. Hmm. So your thoughts, like what's going on throughout your day, week, month, like what are you thinking about certain things? What's weighing on your mind? What feelings do you have in association with that? Are you are you happy about it? Are you sad about it? Are you angry? Are you anxious? Are you agitated? Um, discouraged? Um, so you acknowledge your thoughts, your feelings, and then the desires. And like the desires are more than just wants. A lot of times when we hear the word desire, we think uh, like, you know, oh, I desire a cheeseburger. It's like, well, that's more of a want. <laughs> like it's pretty superficial. Well, now I do. Like <laughs> desires are more, like it, it's more, like it, it It tends to be deeper and longer lasting. Um, for example, it's like I desire this relationship in my family to not be what it is so I'm not so anxious and preoccupied with uh. it mentally and emotionally. Or um, I desire um, things at work to be a little easier or, um, you know, I, I desire to, you know, receive this promotion at my job with humility so that I can continue to grow in holiness as I continue on with my career. Um, or 
you know, things with, you know, my family or kids or whatever um, aren't what I would like them to be. Mm-hmm. And I have a desire to to fix that or to address that on my end, the feelings associated with that and the thoughts associated with that. So thoughts, feelings, and desires, you recognize what's going on within yourself. So there's a little bit of self-reflection that's going on yeah. there. I was going to say, I mean, is there like a way, I mean, because I think the 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 interiority kind of you're kind of talking about like the the acknowledgement of these things and reflection that is a little bit like a muscle that has to be worked i mean mm-hmm. like to be able to look inwardly to be able to notice those things so how do you start doing that if you're not used to doing that if you're not used to paying attention to those parts yeah first you have to realize is like a lot of times when when i go to talk to people about this i say like what what's going on it's like sometimes they'll sit there and say nothing it's like <laughs> so the thing <laughs> and then ju- you die just like that inside, yeah. so okay the, great <laughs> like the uh like the like the dirty secret about the human person is very very rarely is nothing going on <laughs> sure like there is always something going on i say that so when they say some when i say like well nothing's going on i say like what do you mean what do you feel bored boredom something yeah <laughs> there we go like let's start with that what are you bored with uh you know and like you just kind of have to ask more probing questions so you have to like it, it normally like people have usually something that they're happy about in their life and normally something that they're agitated about in their life and so just looking at like okay what's been like preoccupying my thoughts recently hmm. like what have i been thinking most about? what have i been putting most of my energy into and like what are your thoughts about that? Like, what feelings does it bring up? What's the desire that's fueling those thoughts and feelings? Mm. Like, a lot of times, it's if it's a negative thing, like we desire it to not be the case or to be different. Or, um, and sometimes if it's if it's a, a like a good thing that's going on in their lives, like a good desire that's fueling um, a lot of these things, it's um, like we have a tendency to like, you know, like the desire that's fueling it. We have a tendency to like, you know, want to be more grateful or want to give more to the Lord or, you know, be more expressive with that. It's like, so we acknowledge the thoughts, feelings, and desires. Um, yeah. It seems a little bit like, kind of feel the, like I'm talking in circles. No, you know, it's really, it's really helpful. I think that there's a, like, the word that came to my mind was was like was honesty, like like like, like the self honesty yeah. of like that. If if you're really being honest with yourself, like the reason why you're feeling anxious lately is because of this. Like even though you might be like, no, it's not that. You know, like you might want to push it off, or you might right. want to say, I'm just bored, or whatever. It is. Well, if you mine a little bit deeper into that feeling, and you can really be honest with yourself, like what's causing that, then that can help a person come to acknowledge a little bit more of the thought things that are happening. Is that kind of fair? Yeah, yeah, in right. essence, yeah. Right. I think there's there's a huge part to what you're saying, though, that that muscle has to be worked. I think just because, I mean, because we're so busy and we go from one thing to the next, I don't think we really even stop. Just like, so like when they say like nothing, I mean like. Yeah, okay, well, we know there's something going on, but it's probably just because, yeah, that it has to be worked or whatever because, I don't know, it's one of those things that you just go, I got to do this, I got to do that, right? This is maybe the biggest thing we're maybe tackling with everything here is just busyness and yeah. just all these things that have to do that we know we stop. And you even saying, like, in those moments, just like that time, oh, I should pray. 
yeah, just that moment just to stop and acknowledge. I mean, these are things that are just, they're just, I think, so helpful, especially in our world today. Yeah. yeah. I've even found that that muscle can, can atrophy a little bit over time. Sure. You know I mean? Like, I, I think I've noticed that in my own heart, even lately, is that if I if I have downtime, if I have something going on, like, I, I try to fill it with some kind of a noise, you know, like a podcast or, you know, music, whatever it might be. Daniel Tiger. Daniel Tiger in the background. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> that's, what? That's a- <laughs> It's it's a it's a kids show that my daughter is really into, and my wife's probably listening to this at home and with, with through the speaker that we have in our house. And right now, Sophia just heard the word Daniel Tiger, and now probably asking to watch it. So sorry, honey. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so I but I think that because of that, I I don't have a lot of time in silence. And when I do have time in silence, like a, you kind of feel like that muscle atrophied a little bit you're like ooh, like this makes me uncomfortable really fast and like that's not good so you think even kind of the self-recognition of looking inwardly yeah. that can atrophy yeah. yeah so like i mean like the the negative feelings that come up is like so one of the things we have to realize is um like those feelings negative or positive like are morally nothing right <laughs> um but like whenever we encounter like those uncomfortable things within ourselves it's like that's usually an indicator that it's like i need to be acknowledging this yeah. <laughs> like, like this is this is some place where the Lord might be inviting me to go, so mm. that it's no longer an area of pain and suffering, but an area where His love can be made known. Mm. And so that when I think about these things or encounter this again within my own heart, um, it, it's it's a it's an area of encounter with God's grace and His mercy or whatever He desires to give there. Um, which is why prayer is so important, is because. Like, the thing is, is the only one who can actually explain us to ourselves is our creator. Right. Like, we don't have the authority to explain to ourselves who we truly are. Yeah. It's like, we didn't make ourselves. We really want to. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's like, that's why we have a tendency to identify ourselves by things that aren't worth putting our identity in. Mm. So part of, part of acknowledging that, it, or part of acknowledging is also acknowledging that, like, your beloved son or daughter of the father first, mm. and then anything else that has a tendency to kind of creep in there usually isn't worth putting our identity in. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So for the sake of time, so mm-hmm. we're acknowledging. Acknowledging. <laughs> we're acknowledging the, yep. the, the thoughts being desired within us. Next step then, the first R is relate. Relate. What do you do with the acknowledgement now moving into the relate So phase? you acknowledge your thoughts, feelings, and desires. And then relating is you go to the Lord and you bring these thoughts, feelings, and desires to him and you express them in their nitty gritty detail. Mm. So you express like how it's robbing you of your peace or what joy it's bringing you or um, you you tell him like the circumstances. A lot of times, um, especially with guys in formation, like like when they start to examine their lives, they realize like, wait, there's a part of my life where... I behaved in a way that was not appropriate. <laughs> and these like these memories have a tendency to rob them of their peace. And um, so it's like we always say, like, you have to go there with the Lord. You have to tell him everything about that. And then you have to like you have to relate it in its in its nitty gritty detail um, with the understanding that like he's trustworthy. You can trust him. Like you're you're safe in prayer. This isn't like telling everyone else to try to get, like, it's not a therapy session. It's like yeah. he's the only one who can 
actually do something about this stuff in your life. Yeah. And what's interesting is actually very recently on Twitter, there was a priest who kind of tweeted something along these lines that, again, helped me kind of open up my eyes to prayer in a deeper way where he just said, it was very simple. He was, some, I'm going to paraphrase it, but it was something along the lines of just bring your thoughts and feelings to the Lord. Like don't add qualifiers to them or don't, don't not bring things because you think you shouldn't have those thoughts and desires. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like it just like again, like cause sometimes you, you go into prayer and if you have a which you should have a very, you know, pious view of prayer, sometimes you like you, you keep those thoughts that yeah, maybe aren't the most holy thoughts you've ever had, right? Or the most holy moments or things that are keeping you from him. Mm-hmm. You keep those things from prayer because you think that in some way by bringing them to prayer, like you're offending the Lord or like that's going to make things worse when like how could that or possibly that, make it work? You or know, that so, yeah. it's a deeper reality that it's not. Right. It's yeah. like a lot of times, like when we say, it'd be like, like when you acknowledge something, a lot of times, like we don't want to say what it is because we think, well, this might be more true about my life than I want it to be. Hmm. And um, especially like in areas of sin, <laughs> like a, lo- a lot of times like that, like, like that, that's usually an action of the enemy is like, he tries to lay claim to our future. And, um, and, so one of the things that like he'll do to discourage us is like when we're when we're relating is he'll be like you don't want to say that because that like that means that that's who you are. It's like no. It's like God is safe. <laughs> you can bring these things to him and let him express to you who you truly are. Like despite these things. Yeah. So like you're acknowledging and you're relating and um like this relation is, is is like coming from like a very um, tender and sometimes very broken part of our hearts. And the Lord knows that. And if it's difficult for us to express, it's like, tell the Lord that just say, this is difficult for me to say to you, Lord, I don't know how to express this. And it's causing me pain. Hmm. Like I'm very frustrated by situation X or circumstance Y or relationship Z. And I don't know how to overcome it. And that scares me. Mm. Or that causes me to be very discouraged about my future. It's like you just, you have to relate to him like in every nitty gritty detail because um, it's kind of like, you know, if when we take somebody on a tour of our house, um, like there's always that one room or that one closet that like we don't want to take people to. <laughs> <laughs> right what's in the closet yeah like what's it's like you know it's like we're not even sure what's in there we just know that if we open that door it's a mess and some of it's going to spill out here and people are going to think like like what's going on here like, what, like, what is in charge like everything looks like great in this house except this one room is just like a pigsty like what's wrong with you it's like so if we're like taking the lord on a tour of our souls a lot of times we hide those things because we think that they're messed up <clears throat> oh yeah and we think that they're that they're something that would displease the lord instead of something that the Lord can actually address. Mm. So a lot of times, like when we're relating, we'll like go, if we're giving him a tour of our souls, we'll go right past that room. <laughs> we won't even open it. And he stands out there and he's like, I, I want to go in here. We're like, Lord, like, why don't we go into like the living room of my soul? We have a big mural of you and of our lady and everything is great. And you can, we could just be together here. He's like, well, I want to go in there. I'd be like, eventually we have to come to the understanding. It's like, like, Jesus, the reason I don't want to open that door is because there might be things in there that I don't even know what's in there, and it and it causes me fear or anxiety or frustration, and I'm afraid to open that door to you because I don't know what it means for me, and I don't know what it means for us, mm. and I don't know what you're going to do. 
the problem with this whole analogy thing is like with us like taking the Lord on a tour of our souls, we don't even have a roof. <laughs> like he already knows what's in there. Yeah, sure. And the reason he wants to go in there is again, so that area isn't an area that separates us from Well, him. it's so you can relate it to him as a yeah. he knows what's in there already, yep. but now you have to be the one to first acknowledge it and then relate it and to then, him. And then like yeah. that brings yeah. up the question like, so if God already knows what's in there, why do I have to explain it to him? Mm. It's like, well, because in relationships, it's <laughs> like if you don't express what's going on on your side, you're not upholding your end of the relationship. Right. It's kind of like if you watch a like if you were to watch your kid skin her knee, and she runs and hides, it's like it makes it more difficult for you to actually address like what's hurting her, yeah, right? Sure. She's not upholding her end of the relationship. Obviously, she's a toddler, so like yeah. there's there's <laughs> a lack of faculties here that we're talking about. But like Sophia, you don't understand relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see you like chasing her around the house, like, you don't understand relationships. Come here. <laughs> <I> watch Daniel <laughs> Tiger. <laughs> but it's like, but when the but when like the person or like the kid who skins their knee like comes to you, it's like you're actually able to address it. Right. So that's kind of how it is with the Lord. Like the Lord's not going to force himself in there because he respects you. Yeah. It's part of your the gift of free will that he gave you is he's not going to force himself in there. Yeah. I think that's a huge point though. I mean, the fact that the Lord won't force it, you know, he'll leave it to us. And that's obviously how that true healing or whatever needs to happen if, if we open the door to him. But it just points to... You know, the God of the universe made all these things, and it's like, but still he respects the freedom that he gave to us, that he's not going not gonna to force his way in, because that's that's not what love does. Love patiently waits. Love waits for the other person, um, and when they're ready. So I just think that's such a that's such a huge point, too. Um, yeah. And that's why, yeah, once again, you're like, well, he already knows it, but, but it's us bringing it, you know, when, out of love and to receive love. Yeah. So once you're able to relate then to the Lord, when you're relating all these things, your thoughts, and desires to him, that now the next R is receive. So yeah. what, is, what does receive mean yeah, then? So what happens next? Receive is 90% of prayer, actually. Because mm. as we said in the beginning, God is the one who initiates. And while we've got thoughts, feelings, and desires that we want to relate to the Lord, we need to understand that God has thoughts, feelings, and desires about you and your circumstances <laughs> that he wants to relate to you. And those are of infinite importance whereas yeah. your stuff is of finite importance sure <laughs> doesn't mean that it's uh, like i'd say finite like doesn't mean like it diminishes its importance um but what it does mean is like it doesn't echo throughout all of time and history yeah. <laughs> like whereas god's desire for us is something that um is, is permanently within his heart yeah so um when we acknowledge and we relate to the lord we need to receive that which the Lord desires to give us. And to and and the way that he he gives this to us, or the way that he speaks to us is through what's called consolation. You guys have probably I don't know if you guys have talked about this before. We have not. Yeah. So like in a lot of times when people want to hear God's voice, they sit there and they want a thought that is so clear that they know it's from the Lord. They want to hear him with their ears. They want to see him with their eyes. But one of the things that we have to understand is- You're, not, you're not asking too much by that. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't see the problem. <laughs> open the heavens, <laughs> I don't, point I don't at see, me. I don't see the problem. <laughs> but like, one of the things is um, our senses, like they're pretty superficial. Our senses are yeah. meant to articulate with the world around us. God can and does use our senses- but when he's relating things of profound importance about us, he doesn't usually use our senses because they're very superficial. God goes to the depths of the soul and reveals himself there. Mm. And he does this through consolation. So there's consolation and desolation. Consolation is the um, affective movement of like feeling close to God, knowing that you're a beloved son or daughter of the Father, 
knowing that he cherishes you, he loves you, um, experiencing of his mercy. A lot of times, like the kind of catch-all like example that I use is if you've ever been on a retreat and kind of have that retreat high. Sure. Um, those a lot of those are feelings of consolation. Yeah. It doesn't mean that like um, if we go to the depths of our soul, a lot of it like tends to be pretty emotional if it's a retreat high. But those types of feelings are associated with consolation. Okay. Yep. And so um, the adverse of consolation or the opposite is desolation feeling like god's far away like he doesn't care um feeling distant from your creator um not knowing how you're loved by him um feeling discouraged despondent um uh, so that would be desolation god's voice is always one of consolation Mm. he permits desolation but that's never him speaking to you that might be him allowing you to experience um, what it's like to be far from him, if you're, especially if it's an area in a habitual sin or something like that. Sure. Um, but his voice is never desolation. Mm-hmm. It is always consolation. So when we go to pray, when we acknowledge and we relate and we receive, we look for the consolation. And it might not be like the heavens being rent and Lord pouring down grace into our souls. And we're just like, oh my goodness. It might be just like a little, like a very subtle, like like in the case of Elijah in, um, I think it's First Kings, mm-hmm. where he hides his face um, because of that small whisper small sound. Whisper, yeah. It's like whenever you find the consolation, you stop and you rest and you acknowledge the consolation. And you relate to the Lord what's going on with that consolation. And you receive that consolation. So then acknowledging, relating, receiving, respect becomes about what the Lord is speaking to you. And it's in the midst of that, once you've, once you've brought him your stuff and he begins to um, express to you through consolation his, like, his joy and his delight in you, not necessarily what you've done, but in you as his beloved son or daughter, it's like that's where healing really begins because he's he's speaking at a far deeper level than your ears can hear, yeah, <laughs> or that your eyes can see, yeah, um, or that you can think about. It's it, it's happening on the level of the heart, and so we pay attention to that, which is why this type of prayer occurs best in silence. Yeah. We always should be acknowledging and relating and like just aware of where our hearts are. This is why like on the Kairos year, we have a, we have a, um, twice a month, we have a movie night. And, um, this past Sunday, we, uh, we watched a comedy <laughs> and I said, all right, guys, we're going to break it down. Like we always like what was going on within you? Would you notice? Um, and part of this is to get them to pay attention to what's going on. One of them said to me, like, you're kidding. I said, <laughs> I said, I am absolutely not kidding. They said, we just watched a funny movie. Yeah. Like, I was like, you're right. But things are stirring within your heart while funny things are going on, and you need to know why you find this funny. Mm. Like, you do find it funny because it's mildly inappropriate? If so, that's something you need to bring to the Lord. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or you think it's funny because, like, it's, it's based in genuine humor and good nature? It's like, okay, great. It's still something you need to bring to the Lord. Yeah. Um, so they were a little shocked because normally like when we watch deep movies, they're like, yeah, father, this, uh, you know, this part of this movie, I just found very profound and moving. And it's like when they're watching a comedy, they're sitting there like, 
why are we doing maybe this? not it's as like, profound sometimes sure yeah. it's like you sit there but it's still, still something happening yeah yep. still something exactly. happening yeah that's interesting okay so again for the sake of time i, I want to dive more deep into that but so you receive from the lord you receive that consolation mm-hmm. um from him so then i got my the next obvious question which is the next r <laughs> would be what do you do with that and so the next r then is respond so respond. what is that how does that relate then to receive and what, what does respond so mean then? you respond to what you've received from the lord and responses can be a number of different things if it's something you know, surrounding a sin and you receive like consolation that the Lord loves you and that that brings you to a sorrow and you know you have to confess your sins, a response would be going to confession, Mm. um, availing yourselves to the sacraments of the church. Um, Also, too, a response to consolation is pausing and resting in the love that God has for you in that consolation or in that moment would also be a response. Um, sometimes Thanksgiving, being thankful for what the Lord has given you would also be a response. So you just, you respond to what the Lord is giving you. Also too, um, when the Lord gives you a consolation, um, acknowledging and um, relating and continuing to receive would also... Uh, it kind of recycles itself almost. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. it recycles, well... I mean, or it recy- starts over, yeah, I guess. It's, it's, yeah. it's just, um, it becomes more focused oh, on okay, like sure. what the Lord is doing. Yeah. Um, and like that would be a response yeah. to like the consolation and things like that. Oh, that's beautiful. I, mean, I think it makes it a simple. I mean, like it's not it's not simple to respond, but I mean, once you've received something, it's there's it almost dictates a response. You yeah. know, it's 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 almost like someone saying to you like like I I love you, and you just like not saying anything. Like it almost like, like it, it usually dictates Thanks. a response. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> So yeah. when people like ask like, okay, so how do I do this acknowledge, relate, receive, respond? It's mm-hmm. not like you spend 15 minutes acknowledging, 15 minutes relating, <laughs> 15 minutes receiving, 15 minutes responding. Yeah. It's much more fluid. It's more like a, a, a conversation. It's like you acknowledge these things. When you're done acknowledging, sit and wait for mm. the Lord. One way that um, I, I do this, um, especially early on, one of my favorite passages in scripture is um, from Matthew 14. Um, where Jesus calms the water. Um, it's a, it comes immediately after the feeding of the 5,000, then Jesus calms the storm at sea. But what's interesting is after the feeding of the 5,000, but before he goes, uh, before he calms the storm, it says Jesus sent the disciples in a boat across to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After Jesus dismissed the crowds, he goes up the mountain to pray. I always tell people, like, if you want to begin this type of prayer, follow him. Mm. Like, follow him up to that mountain, like, in your imagination. Like, place yourself in there. What are the smells? What are the sights? What's Jesus doing? What do the disciples look like when they're out in the boat? He's dismissing the crowds. Like, follow him up to that place and sit with him. Mm. And as you're sitting with him, acknowledge what's going on in your heart and begin to express it to Jesus and look at the expression on his face. What is he doing? How is he facing you? How is, um, what is he preoccupied with this? What is he saying to you? And like receive from him that which is that he desires you to receive. Yeah. And then from there, respond. So it's like that's one way where like, like the Lord can use your imagination and you can like bring your imagination into prayer and acknowledge and relate and receive and respond from him in a very... Um, in, in a very intimate place where there's not a ton going on. Yeah. It's just you and the Lord. So it's like the structure of the A-R-R-R is less of like a, 
here's the formula of how to pray right. and more of like here's the scaffolding upon which as you're entering prayer you can move your way through it to a place yeah. where you're diving deeper yeah. into prayer here's yeah. some aspects of relating to yeah. another and here's what it looks like i mean you can so when you're like the thing is like in our human relationships it's like we're constantly acknowledging what's going on telling the other person sure. receiving from them and responding like in conversation like it's a constant thing in our lives we're just taking like those elements and focusing it on what god wants if that makes sense it does that's beautiful well, I mean, I, I feel like we could probably keep going on, but we've actually gone a little bit over our time here. So, Father Adam, would you mind closing us in prayer and a, and a blessing? Absolutely. Please. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As, As it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with, and with your, your spirit. spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank Amen. You. Thank you very much for joining yeah. us. It's, no, good, for it's good to be back with everyone again. Uh, it, there will be more regular shows. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll leave it at that and not give Father Mark a chance to jump in and say something sassy. So yeah. it's I'm good. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. So thank you it's very much for everyone here. for listening, for supporting the podcast. And remember, as you acknowledge, as you relate, as you receive, and as you respond, may you always be keeping the end of the day.